1: The opinions expressed in the following podcast are for general informational purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security or investment product. It is only intended to provide education and entertainment about the financial industry and the stock market. Enjoy. On
3: this episode of Pennies Going In Raw, we talk about where the line is between conviction And risk management. We also discuss older generations learning to trade and external things and programs to have while trading. You find out. Life's
2: this game of pennies. Oh, you guys know we only have a 40% runner. Hello? 40% is a killing. We've been compliant for too long. It's time we go to war.
3: I don't have a Roth. Q knows so much about the market that his brain doesn't have enough room for grammar. Hey, who told me about Idex? It's going up a shit ton now. Rob, 4% baby. No way. Four fucking percent. You asked the exact same question with two words different. (laughs) It's like, man, I just got dick whipped for like Twenty percent, And now that f***er's up like 50.
2: I bet Warren Buffett never did that.
3: I'm just making this voice memo to call out unusual whales to a fight.
2: The pennies we need are everywhere, everywhere around us. Pennies,
1: pennies, pennies. Going in raw. Featuring Dan, the Idiot Dips, and Hugh Honey. Produced by Vinny and Christian. Let's go, baby.
3: Hey, guys, uh, we are on a break right now. We are, you know, traveling or in Reno. Uh, we will be back around the 9th of September. However, we still recorded a podcast for you. Make sure to like us and give us a five star rating on Apple. Enjoy. Welcome back to another episode of Penny's Going in Raw. Today is whatever date this release is on. And I think we can kind of, you know, we... Look, guys, you know we're on a we're on a little trip right now. Uh, I'm moving. Hugh is, uh, you know, in Egypt, and I, and you know, we may be in Reno right now, depending on when we release this. But we don't have anything about what's happening this week in the market because we don't know what week it is. However, we do want to talk about you know risk management. You got to have that, but you also want to have conviction. So where is the line between holding? and and holding forever, and diamond hands, and then, you know, managing your trade with your plan. Because, I mean, there's there's got to be a line somewhere.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, no, I mean, there has to be a line. Uh, I can definitely say I've gotten lucky a few times, because... You know, I mean, I used to swing for the fences on every single trade. And I still think it's okay to swing for the fences. Like, if you truly believe in the company and you can back that shit up with DD and, like, you know, I mean, and you know your risk, I think there's also a difference between, like, I've been holding Vessel down. Like, I'm down, like, 36% on Vissle. Um, And a, when I entered the position for a long term a year and a half ago, which is fucking insane, uh, it's not even small. It's not even uh it's not even short-term capital gains now. Uh, if I was green on it, and so uh, so when I had entered that, I had I usually lay out a pretty big plan, and part of that plan is okay. Where is the line in the sand for me? And uh, for me and Vessel, that was this earnings report that came out in August. Now, obviously, as Dan said, I'm in Egypt looking for. I'm in Egypt, and uh, and or we're in Reno. Who knows? But um, you know, that's, that's what I usually lay inside the sand is that, okay, if they can't, uh, I'm playing this because I believe that they're undervalued. I believe that they can really make a splash inside the technology field, you know, things like that. Um, but if they can't make a splash and they can't improve by this, okay. So for instance, earnings report that I'm going to cut it. So, you know, when we're recording this, the earnings report is now, but if, Vistle doesn't lower their operating expense, increase revenue, increase, you know, increase profit margins, then I'm going to be done with it. And it's not because I don't believe that Vissel can't be a good company. It's because I, I'm i not sitting here for another year and a half, just like if I lose another 30%, you know, it's not even about the money. It's about that line in the sand of saying, okay, this is too much. This is too much conviction.
3: What about on some of these growth companies where you're not exactly waiting for a catalyst? Uh, You know, you you don't want to be down 50% or whatever. Is that just something you more so have to take into account with your entry price?
2: Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, it, it all comes down to what's your personal risk appetite. You know, like I know some guys who can, they'll hold something down 99%. They don't even care because they still believe in that shit. And then there's other people who, you know, it goes 3% against them and they're, you know, shaking. And uh, But I mean, all of it comes down to, again, is is that even if you're not – a super risk adverse person, you're like a cowboy, you know, the one bad thing about uh, us who like to take bigger risks is that, you know, if we nibble too much and it goes down farther and then we nibble more onto a position, it goes down farther, you know, then we got our hand in a headlock and, you know, it's one of those things where I just think that, you really have to it's all about saving your bullets uh you know not getting too big because you can have conviction but if 80% of your portfolio is locked up inside this thing you know you you're, you're kind of tying your hands
3: yeah i've actually been trying to find out uh if cowboy was the riskiest profession you could have chosen there but i mean i guess they are a pretty risky profession but yeah no i mean obviously if you're going to have that much in uh for sure but i guess going back to conviction and risk management as a whole like what is your thing for you know if this swing gets here i'm you know i'm done with it as opposed to just this catalyst wasn't exactly what i was expecting or they had bad news that i wasn't expecting
2: yeah so if they're like let's take so we all know that like if there's a bad catalyst, then I'll get out. But let's say if there's not a bad catalyst, I'm just holding it bag, because uh, I mean that happens, you know, especially inside a market like this where it's lower volatility, um, you know, and it, you're just feeling that downward pressure. You know, I think there's two things. One, if if I'm if I if part of the reason that I'm inside the stock is because I feel the chart is set up you know like uh and the chart fails and it and it goes down then um then you know i mean that's that's one thing but let's just say that i'm purely holding it for a catalyst then you know i think for me it's more about like the mental state that i'm in um because i know that like if i'm down on trades i start to really let it affect me um it won't affect me it won't affect me and then all of a sudden you know i'll be like I'll be pissed at the world, you know, and that's just because my swing is down and that's not right. So, um, so it's really one of those things where like, okay, if I'm down 30% and I really know inside the back of my mind that this thing, you know, isn't going to come anytime soon or like this is just like my, my ego's bruised or something, then, you know, just to get a good night's sleep and just to get some peace of mind, then that's when I feel like I have to cut it.
1: All right, well,
3: I know you mentioned uh, the slower market kind of right now and volatility and everything. Do you kind of like go over price action in a slower market as opposed to a hot market? Because, I mean, we're seeing it kind of <clears throat> right now how it just feels like good news isn't just giving us any action or not as much as it should. We're not seeing the pre-market runners at all, et cetera, et cetera.
2: Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, price action is definitely, in my opinion, easy. Well, I don't want to say it's more important inside a inside a uh, more volatility market, but it's definitely easier to identify patterns. And uh, I think we talked about a few episodes ago when when you see that when you see that massive share exchange, um, you know, inside the price action and stuff. I mean, that's like a pretty good tall tale sign of like when the stock you know, is going to make a move, uh, you know, one way or the other is when you see that massive share exchange. Uh, When when we see a lower volatility market like this, the price action is harder to tell because you really can't tell, you know, like it's telling you, hey, this is a pretty high volume day for it. But you know, if you go back five months ago in inside the inside a hot market, you know, that was like the average day of volatility. So the data really gets skewed, like the average uh, volume and stuff really gets skewed. So it's one of those things where like inside a slower market, you know, you got to take uh, the way that I look at it is like price action is super important for the ones that are like the higher runners. But on like, you know, like most most of the time the swings, it's more like, what the fuck? Like, like this thing's just not moving because there's no volume. Like, like you know, like someone sells into the bid, it goes down 10%, you know? Like that, it's one of those things where, you know, there's just not a lot of volume out there. So, you know, I mean, 10, you know, if we sold 10,000 shares into the bid uh, six months ago, you know, it would drop a penny. Now it's dropping five or six. So it's one of those things where, you know, you really have to be aware. And that's what I mean is that, you know, if you're, if you're a trader that's also working full time, then like, you know, it's it's tough because if you have a stop loss out there and someone just market sells like a pretty big, you know, pretty big amount, you know, you can that can hit your stop loss, and you know, it might have wicked right back up instantly, but um, again, that lower volatility just brings it down further. Uh, the best case scenario that we always talk about is that um, Christmas Eve of 2018 or whatever, you know, it, it, the market was down a few percent simply because there was no bids out there. Um, so I think that's one of those things where like, you have to be really aware and it comes down to where, you know, maybe that systematic strategy changes inside the solar market you kind of have to like, you know, be aware and you have to be cognitively, you know, into your stocks and, and stalking them.
3: Why does it seem like with lower volume moves, is it always the downside? Why don't stocks move up the same way they move downwards on quote, low volume moves?
2: I think it's like it's the same way that uh you know why does it always that when you get a girlfriend girl girls start hitting on you you know uh that's the yeah that's yeah you know I, like that's kind of what I how I feel like this is is that um you know when uh sorry I forgot where I was going with that but I think I think where I was going with that was that you know it, it it's just how it is you know like we notice the down the downside, you know, much faster than we'll notice the upside. So, you know, if my stock opens up 6%, I'm like sick, you know, cause that's what we want it to do. But when it goes down 6%, I'm like, holy shit. You know I mean? I'm like, I'm like looking at the fucking computer, you know, like trying to analyze, you know, is there something that somebody analyze. knows that I don't analyze oh, okay. what did i say
3: i thought you said analyze no
2: <laughs> no 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 and uh and so i'm sitting there you know like oh shit like what's going on here like six percent but when it's up six percent i'm like yeah what's up bitches and uh and i'm just letting it go you know like i'm not even thinking twice about it but when we see it on the downside we're thinking about it constantly because that's not what we wanted to do.
3: Uh, it's funny that you mentioned it being up 6%, so you're not thinking about it. If it's up 6%, I'm
2: starting to sell a little bit. <laughs> not me, bro. I'm, I'm a cowboy, remember? Ehaw. I'm going Eehaw. for the home run. I'm yeah. going for the home run. I'm there for the bag.
3: Okay. Well, fair enough. So in price action in the hotter market, why does it seem like, is the hotter market, does that just mean we got volume now?
2: Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, volume precedes price action. So the way that, like, I mean, there's things that people can say, but hey, an FDA approval inside a, inside the market that we're in right now in August, um, oh, moves 20 percent probably ends the day. Right in January, that bitch would have gone like five hundred percent, um, you know, on on the same thing. So and that's. Pr- that's because of volume and i mean you know you could say what you want uh like i know that like when i talk about this like not everybody likes that and that's okay but um you know algos really run the market like they are most of the volume like you can see it right now okay there's no algos out there and stocks are getting killed and that's that's why like you know when people (laughs) when people talk about it you know like uh when people talk about it, like, hey, like, you know, if we all just bought this stock, like, AMC was controlled by algorithms. Like there was hedge funds backing that making AMC go crazy. Like that wasn't me and me you and my frat buddies buying $5 worth making this thing go. Like there was real volume behind that, real money behind that. And so, you know, when we look at like the small cap market right now, okay, yes, retail trading is ma- is huge compared to what it was 5 years ago. Hell, what it was it compared to a year ago. But that still doesn't even come close to the amount of volume that the algorithms bring into the market. And so when they're gone, like now, you see what happens, you know, and, and, and the bigger part of the story is that we're so emotional as traders. So what ends up happening is, is that stocks go red, okay, people get emotional, they'll buy some more by the dip. It goes down a little bit more, and now they're panic selling. So now you know, you have all these people who are underneath water on these stocks now panic selling, creating a bigger sell off. Like SPY was green, uh, you know, I'll see SPY red like not even half a percent, and small cap world is down like 10 across the board um, and that's because people get so worried that like that you know we're, we're, any red day from from spy is going to turn into you know like a bear bear market that they're just selling anything and everything um, and so that that's another thing that goes to show when algorithms aren't there and you have this emotional selling and there's no algo to pick it up you know look what happens, you know, small caps get killed. I mean, there's stuff like, like TBLT was trading at almost $2 back to 50 cents. Um, you know, like WTRH is trading at five back down to almost a dollar. Uh, you know, and that's, and and it doesn't take much for that to happen. You turn the algos off, you have a little bit of emotional selling. Like, could you imagine if SPY wasn't ripping? Like SPY has been ripping for months, a year. SPY has been ripping for a year. Uh, And I mean, you still have people that are super worried, like, relax, you know, Um, like we need the algorithms. It's
3: weird that, um, you know, you mentioned how the uh, small caps go down so much with Spy just down a little bit when it used to seem like Spy would work in inverse with small caps. Spy goes down, small caps go up. Why does that and why does that relationship seem to alter so much from inverse to just running with it?
2: Well, so everything in finance uh until last year was rather kind how do i say this. everything yeah i mean it was kind of dry like uh you know like you went through market cycles and the market cycles were the same for decades um you know like everybody went to the hamptons the same week you know everybody everybody's kids went to the school the same you know the same school you know shit like that and uh and then all of a sudden covid happened and all these retailers came and like yeah it screwed everything up for for all the finance people and all the market cycles and everything so what used to happen is it used to be one of those things where like, hey, spy's down. Let's stop screwing with spy. Let's go to small caps. And then all these hedge fund managers, bless you, all these hedge fund managers that would usually be trading, you know, large caps and stuff, all you know, came to the small cap side. And so small caps would get bid up because there was tons of volume and new money coming in, and you know, supply and demand comes down to it. Uh, and then, and then you know, all this retail training came out of nowhere, and you had stuff like people, like you know, people buying. $10 million worth of Tesla options that are 10, you know, a thousand percent out of the money uh, with like six months to go. And that was like squeezing the stock, like some retail with, you know, some retail swinging dick with like 3 million was able to affect Tesla. Uh, and it was like, Holy, sh- you know, it's like, it's like these fund managers. now, like, well, who the hell's doing that? Like, is that you? And they're like looking around the table, like, well, that's not me. Is that you? And it brought this whole new opportunity for everybody, um, but in that, in that also bought a world where you know where the market cycles were messed up. Um, you know, people, you know, hedge fund managers weren't having to flee to small caps because Tesla was ripping five to six percent a day uh, in either direction. And uh, so, I really think that that's one of the reasons that you know it's so weird for. And I mean, even me, like I've been in, I've been here eight and a half years, and it's even weird for me. Uh, to really see like like when august was hot for the first week or something i was like what the hell last year you know like i was like what the hell is this like usually i'm losing my pants um and, and so i think that like for the guys that have been inside this game for like 30 40 years they were they like really had no idea what to do they were like what the? <laughs> like what the fuck do we do now like like have you ever been inside a market like this no have you no and so i think that that's really part of it is that the game has just been changing so much away from what everybody was so used to inside the finance industry that like everybody was kind of like okay like i guess we'll trade tesla today like there's enough volume there you know and it was like things like that so that's what i really think is like why why we're seeing kind of like this sporadic movements and inverses where one week it'll be together one week it won't be that's because like there's like you know there's people with a few million dollars that are that are able to you know kind of kind of change momentum in stocks like tesla
3: All right. Well, moving on to our next segment, which is programs and shit we have on our desk. Um, <clears throat> do you want to start with shit you have on your desk or programs? Programs. All right, programs. I think we can start with the the easier ones, with like trade ideas, uh, scans, uh, Benzinga, Charlie, Discord, Twitter. Um, any, t- obviously, your trading app. <laughs>
2: yeah yeah i mean uh, I'm just looking around i have up tweet deck discord uh two other chat rooms trade ideas and uh scans, and then i also have on um uh oh zoom but that you know that was for for a different thing uh and then I also have up my roth i r a you know checking that at all times and uh yeah Yeah, that's and uh, that's it. Do you come on go over
3: a little quickie on scans and trade ideas to some of the newer people?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, trade ideas. The way that I coded my trade ideas is that there's basically five different sections for trade ideas that I have: top gainers, top losers, um, and then it's based on volume. So I have another one that's just based on volume, and then I have uh, like let's call like the momentum scanner. And what that does is that it filters everything, like all stocks, um, on the trade on the New York Stock Exchange and the NAS. And, uh, and so it'll, it'll basically tell me when they're moving up in high volume, you know, high relative volume, you know, when they're moving um, inside a sector. So if an entire sector is starting to get bit up, stuff like that. And I don't really pay much attention to that. The one that, that I started to pay attention to is that when it comes over to, you know, like when it's come up, on on that scan a certain amount of times then it gets moved over to the other one and that other one is a little more detailed and did uh that one's a little bit more detailed. And then that's when I start to pay attention to it because, uh, you know, now it's like, okay, this has been happening multiple times. And then on top of that, I also have a dip buy scanner and that's basically like, Hey, this thing has super unusual volume. It went up 150%. Now it's down, you know, now it's only up 70%. You know, this might be good for like a quick little pop. Um, that's pretty much how I use trade ideas. Um, I, I, and that's pretty much how you traded this.
3: Now, I know you have a lot of monitors. Um, obviously, you don't need four or five. You don't even need two. Uh, I think two is, you know, about all you need, especially as a anywhere before you get to expert trader. Uh, mainly, I just have my main, the broker directly in front of me on the main one uh, on a 34 inch widescreen. And then on the other one, I just have the, the, trade ideas and then i also have scans on the main one too just to the side uh and then just anything so you else you don't like even
2: this. use ThinkOrSwim, right
3: no i just use td ameritrade the uh the that's crazy yeah no, i mean that's, that's mind-blowing in like, it i mean you can still assign it to a uh, stream deck which is gonna was gonna go on my uh shit i have on my desk and stream deck is just like a we did a giveaway on one, but it basically turns trading into a video game. You can have like buy 10,000 shares, sell 10,000 shares, and you can just bow, 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 bow as fast as you want. So, oh,
2: how do you know what stock it is? You type it in.
3: Or it's like, oh. it, yeah, you, I mean, it, this is just for like day trading really fast. It's, it's so you fun. can
2: become an algorithm, basically.
3: Uh, you like have, buy one share, sell one share. Yeah, it's more like you become a, a gambler at Las Vegas on the craps table
2: oh they always win
3: yeah no you you become really really good but on on your desk do you have anything that you know you'd recommend that's different like obviously you have your sticky notes for
2: yeah i do i do wait actually let me see what this is because this might be important uh oh my roth conversion form for this year so uh you know that is important um, but no, really pretty much on my desk. You know, it's just a bunch of sticky notes and you know, I mean I have if you guys are watching on YouTube, it's uh you know, I have like just, I mean, this is what it looks like. I mean, it's just post-it notes on papers and stuff and me just writing, honestly, nonsense, you know, that, I have to, but, but it's kind of like shorthand because most of the time I'm looking around and everything that I don't want to, you know, lift my head um, up, you know, or down, I should say. I don't want to look down too much. So it's more like I just scribbled myself to remind myself to do other things because one of the biggest issues that I usually have is that when I focus on um, trading so much, I for like forget to do anything else um like i i completely forget to do anything and everything else so uh you know like when i when i used to be at home my parents i would like they would tell me like you know make sure that you get the meat out of the freezer and i and by like 3 p.m and i would like totally forget and then they would come home at 6 p.m and uh you know there would be no dissolved meat so uh, uh so that's pretty much why i use it and then it'll also be like things to check up on so like if uh if let's just call it like uh, like Mister Four to Eight on Twitter sends me a DM like Hey bro check out this pack you know and obviously like in that moment of time you know I'll scribble it on here because of the amount of DMs that we get you know I'm never gonna remember uh, so that's pretty much why I use sticky notes and then it's just like constant reminders like like uh, like it's literally like little stuff like Hey dumbass like stop oversizing. You know, like little notes to myself, little love letters.
3: It's so weird that as traders uh, who are always on our computers, we still prefer like sticky notes as opposed to just, you know, the thing.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have and I have cabinets full. Like I can't even open up some of the drawers inside my cabinets. Um, That's (laughs) that's how bad it is.
3: Yeah, so mainly just a clean table. I say clean, uh, so take that with a grain of salt. Um, I also have like next level hydrogen water on here too. <laughs> um, just as a reminder that any stock can do anything. Um <clears throat> I guess adding our last segment, um, before we just have a little chitter chatter, will be, you know, for the older generation. Someone asked that uh, you know, some tips for the older generation. They're still kind of learning tech too. And they want some uh, some stuff to kind of, I don't know if they meant like learning experience or uh, money and stocks to weave to their grandkids, um, which is a good question. You know, we do have a, a large demographic of mainly males. However, <clears throat> they we do get up there in age. So I think one of the cooler things about trading is, you know, especially if it's with your grandkids, is that they probably understand technology and you'll probably get them into investing and you guys can kind of learn together you can kind of teach them the basics of trading while they kind of teach you you know more about the tech
2: how to turn on the computer yeah um yeah i, I think this reminds me of a story of um a mother uh, mother's son who uh they weren't really ever close and we received the dm last year and uh and he's she had said hey guys like listen i haven't made a dollar trading but what this has been able to do for my son and I, like, like we haven't been able to talk about it, the same subject in years. Um, and now we're both just so, you know, ingrained in trading and we, and we just love it so much. And we get to talk about it and it's constant content, like, thank you. And uh, I mean, so that's what like, I kind of think of is that like, part of like, what is so cool about this is that, you know, it obviously you have to like it, but it's not one of those things where like, it's not one of those things where where it's like hair and makeup. Like like you like you can like hair and makeup, and I like sports, and we both like trading. And I think that that's so cool. So from that perspective, you know, first off if you're older and, you know, technology is not, doesn't come as easy, you know, take it really slow. Like, uh, like most of these, like Thinkorswim and most of these platforms are really easy to get overwhelmed by for even, you know, like a younger person that knows about technology. So if you already are at a disadvantage inside that game, Take it super slow. There are every single platform has people and has webinars that'll show you how to, how to, um, you know, set certain things up and, and like where like the most important buttons are. And so uh, take full advantage of those. Um, you know, TD Ameritrade, you know, Fidelity, all of them. Um, you know, like when when you sign up with TD Ameritrade, they, they, and you probably ignore the phone call, but somebody calls from your local branch and asks you if you need help setting anything up, okay? 99% of us just say, no, like, go fuck yourself, you know, whatever. But use those people because they're there to help. Um, and then the other thing is that, as Dan was saying, is like, you know, hey, like, you can always ask somebody, um, there's tons of YouTube videos you know uh, if you can figure out YouTube you can figure out trading because you know it's one of those things where like hey how do I uh, you know like look up the basics of think or swim things like that um, I think from that perspective like you know just taking things slow like if if we usually tell you like hey you know paper trade for six months you know then maybe just spend six months learning the broker yeah uh, and, and learning and there's also yeah.
3: easier ways for each of them i think like i was talking about earlier the i think the browser version is easier than the apps for all of them um td ameritrade.com and um You know, and and Robinhood, I think if you have trouble with technology at all, I think Robinhood's your best bet, especially that's also what I recommend anyone that's new to trading that's not going to be trading a lot to get into just because it's so. And yeah, I get it. Fuck Robinhood, delete Robinhood. But the thing is, it, it makes it so obvious what's happening, what's going on, why your money's up, what you lost it it's the best for sure.
2: Yeah. And then just touching on the, uh, the, the part that says they want to leave something for their children, grandchildren. Um, this is, this goes into the, more of the personal finance side, side of it. But, uh, you know things like that if you want to leave people something and you know you want your estate to be you know pretty pretty you know like you want to, you want your estate to, to you know look nice you know something like that um the biggest way that you can help out uh the people your beneficiaries is one having a detailed will and two tax planning okay the, you can have 10 million dollars but here's the thing is that the difference between doing a few things can be the difference of millions. Okay. Just do. So my best advice to give to you, no matter if you have $5 or 50 million is to find a really good estate planner and someone that can help you because that really is going to be the difference. Oh, the difference of opening up a, in a, a certain account can be the difference of like 30% to the government or not. Um, and so I think that like, you know, like I understand the part about wanting to make money to leave to people, but I'm telling you, even if you become a pro trader, it doesn't matter if 50% goes to the government, okay? You can do things that will save you into the long run and will save headaches and will save money to your beneficiary. So just a PSA, if you're, you know, that's so important, I think. And then from the trading side of things, if you know, if you're older, um, you know, it, it's one of those things where, you know, you probably you probably you probably again, like I said, need to take you things slow. You probably slower. got all
3: the fucking time in the world if we we're being for real.
2: Yeah. Yeah,
3: yeah. And and the thing is that well, like well, not all the time in the world, all the time in the day. Not
2: all yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah, in yeah, the world. your responsibilities. Yeah. And so I think it's one of those things where you really need to take things slow, but also it, you know, have fun with it. You know, like like again, start slow. You know, with with beer money. You know, same thing. Start slow with beer money, and just work your way up. Learn, read. Like diabetes okay.
3: Diabetes medicine money. <laughs>
2: Yeah. And so it's the same thing like we tell everybody else, you know, like nobody's born a great trader. So if you're older, don't think that you can't do it. It's the same thing like, like when, you, when you see people going back to college, you know, like it's a fantastic thing. Anybody can go back to college. Anything, anybody can learn how to trade. Uh, you just got to take it slow um and don't get overwhelmed say anything like don't get overwhelmed with trading don't get overwhelmed with the technology just take it slow you know say that like hey i want to learn how to how to you know log in by 2 months from now yeah, you know and, small and achievable this, goals this
3: technology is is a lot different than your excel sheets and shit like that yeah. you know don't take a fucking computer class to learn how to trade yeah. on td ameritrade they're completely different like i said you know buy robinhood or download robinhood and buy a stock, and it's it's simple as can be. My, I think my grandmother still like calls up Vanguard to do her shit. So she she gets like a thing in the mail, like with. A, but she's done a hell of a job investing for herself over the past sixty years.
2: That's all, go go, Grandma Dip. Yeah, tell you what, she,
3: no, that's how that's all she made all her money. Just, uh is investing. Um, really? Yeah. I mean, she' was so a you do have it in the
2: blood. I have it. In you got the blood, in the blood. It's
3: not like. She she'll be like yeah come on like it'll be steel's a good buy right now I'll be like steel like just in general <laughs> I'm like grandma if we're front loading shit give me the ticker like <laughs> she's like honey I got in the
2: backyard <laughs> my grandmother
3: doesn't sound like a fucking hillbilly. <laughs>
2: But I don't know. I've never, I've never had the pleasure to meet Grandma Dip. No, no one uh, in my
3: family sounds like they, they can't read. They all, they all are like, they're like pretty smart anything, for the.
2: I looked up anything south of Delaware, and I just instantly put on a southern accent. Fucking Delaware?
3: They're like forty fucking states, dude. I looked up the, um, uh, the average income of where I live. Right now, today, and let me let me just get it, just so I can. And by by today, I mean yes, I looked it up today, but also it's it's where I live today. It won't be by the time this podcast comes out. <laughs> um, tw- okay, median income twenty three thousand four hundred, household thirty eight thousand nine hundred. <laughs> that's what, I like, lost
2: that today. That's like kids and shit. Wow.
3: Yeah, that's that's crazy.
2: Actually, now I want to see mine.
3: Yeah, it's probably a little more. um, (laughs) Yeah, no, I don't live in like the nicest of areas by any means. But again, I am moving. I'm leaving all my shit. I'm starting fresh. All
2: right, you ready? (laughs) Yeah. It's uh oh, where to go? Education, healthy comedy. Uh, what was underneath a comedy? Uh, (laughs) Just Google
3: Hoboken. Oh.
2: Median household income for 2019 was 150,000.
3: Yeah, so like four times more than us. <laughs> but are you getting fresh? Are you getting fresh out the utter milk up there, or are you having to get it from the store?
2: There are, and sometimes it's not even at the store. I mean, maybe I should just park it outside the lawn. It,
3: yeah, no, I mean, uh, we actually we get it fresh, fresh eggs. Um, fresh sisters wow. if you're
2: you know,
3: <laughs> well most of them aren't very fresh but you know the you get the point that's
2: disgusting what do you mean we caught that's that's crazy well i mean you know i'm, I'm sure you know when this like comes out you'll be in five, houston
3: five more minutes of the podcast and we're just like okay, talking about yeah, yeah
2: grandma dip and yeah, uh now, southern accent now we're on
3: the incest <laughs>
2: uh well you know by the time this comes out you'll be all moved into houston you know uh i don't know if anyone else got an invite to dan's housewarming party but mine stands on the mail a fucking
3: housewarming party! So oh no no, to no. we
2: gotta have one i mean it's gonna be like a that's where we'll do pgir live it's too. a
3: one bedroom apartment
2: <laughs> <laughs> pgir live too bro right in your apartment what about a better, better, better place we could do we got the studio rooftop pool that would be sick. You Didn't go. you say there's some like celebrity that's living there or something like Tom Brady?
3: Yeah, it's Tom Brady. Uh, no, I I don't want to reveal who's gonna live on my floor because it's like, what if, what if he's like, you know, one of his friends listen and They're like, hey, you're gonna be living here, and they're like, how the fuck do you know that? And then it'd be like, oh, he's he's giving out who's living on his floor. So maybe my goal is to become his friend. So I'm gonna like be poached, up, him for the pod. on the floor yeah yeah and and i'll become his friend and whenever i drop a selfie of us two uh you know that's when you'll know that who the, the Damn neighbor it. is yeah
2: eli manny moved down my building one year too fucking early i would be post outside of his apartment just sitting there yeah no one cooler than eli
3: all right guys well uh <laughs> we've loved talking to you guys on i hope this drops on a wednesday because it's far too short for a sunday episode but be sure to leave us a five-star rating uh and uh like and uh subscribe and a retweet and all that good stuff. And y'all have a blessed day. Mwah.